Good morning, good morning, won't you share with a friend or two? Good morning, good morning to you, you, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, you. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Black Table Talk During Dialogues. I am your host, Shantae Charles, and I've been having a wild 18 hours. (laughs) So I would like to say I'm very thankful to be joining you all this morning. Glad to be back on my page, at least to live stream i'm still checking whether or not i can post on my page in peace but we shall see we shall see i'm going to give it a couple more hours before i try to post anything else one thing about capitalism and yte supremacy um they will make sure that they limit what you are doing unless you contribute to the capitalism. So we're back today. It's Teachable Tuesday. And I want to make you aware of a couple of things that we're going to be doing in October 1st. And then I want to introduce you to some books that are new in release. Um, And of course, I'm always going to encourage you to go out and support Black authors. And then we're going to wind up back in the little Gullah Geechee book, which is what we've been reading from. We're going to learn a little bit more about Gullah Geechee language. And then we're going to pack it up for the day. All right. So for the month of October, um, starting October 10th, I think it's going to go October 10th, 17th, 24th possibly the 31st, we're going to be doing a series right here on the page, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the month of October. We're going to be talking about hoodoo. Um, There's lots of information out here, but I want to try to consolidate some of the information And so I'm going to do a little bit of a lecture series around hoodoo and hopefully um, educate and hopefully bring some more insights to what hoodoo is. A couple of books that I'm looking at, one is called The Healing Power of African American Spirituality by Stephanie Rose Bird. So for those of you who have been looking for some information This is a good start. We're also going to get into some of the other folk stories. This is the complete book of North American folk magic. We're going to be taking a look at that. 
They've got several sections in here on hoodoo and hoodoo beliefs. And then um, I'm actually ordering my own copy of this. I picked this one up from the library. I think probably every African-American should have a copy of this. And I hope that they sell out online. <laughs> this is called Working the Roots. Working the Roots. Over 400 years of traditional African-American healing. You need to go drop it in your cart today. All right. It's got plants. It's got um, what they're used for, ailments and uh, remedies, preventative health care, um, spiritual truths. Um, literally, where do these stories and where do these um, ailment practices come from is in this book. Again, I'm going to say, every African-American household should probably have a copy. It's called Working the Roots, Over 400 Years of Traditional African-American Healing. Why? Because I'm so tired of people telling us <laughs> what is what. And we need to be telling ourselves. We need to tell our own story. So that's what they're doing in that book. They're telling their own story. And I'm all here for it. Month of October, we're going to be doing a deep dive into the subject. Other books that are out today. Other books that are out. As an art educator, let me tell you, when I tell you I'm so excited about this book. <laughs> Ooh, it just sends me somewhere creative. The book is called When We See Us, A Century of Black Figuration in Painting. Oh, you're an art buff. You already know. You've got, and it's broken up into several sections. The everyday, seeing ourselves, Joy and revelry, repose, sensuality, spirituality, triumph, and emancipation. I mean, yeah. Archibald Motley, if you're familiar with him as an artist, he's in here. Uh, who else is in here that you guys might know? Barkley Hendricks, Clementine Hunter. Let me see. I'm not sure if they have. They should have Amy Sherald in here. Antoine Oben. Who else we have in here? Aaron Douglas. Most people know Archibald Motley. Kehinde Wiley. It's just a beautifully well put together work. That is just a study on black figuration in painting. Invest. What else is out? <laughs> as he as the author just said uh yesterday, you might want to pick this up before there are no more to pick up. When I picked this up 2 days ago, they were like hotcakes. So, Mer Michael Harriet's book is out on black history 
The Unwhitewashed History of America. I highly recommend that you go and get your copy before there are no copies to be gotten. <laughs> this was another surprise, another surprise that I wasn't expecting to see, but I said, oh, this will be going home with me. Sorry. Sorry, everybody else. This will be going home with me. Anybody heard about this? Come on, comics. Come through graphic novels. Ms. Davis, a graphic biography. Mm, 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 mm. Angela Davis. Come through. Come through with the graphic biography. Do I already have her work? I sure do. <laughs> I do. But did I say um, I need something for the younger people that I'm going to be trying to talk to about this subject matter? I did. I did. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Graphic novel. Graphic novel. You might not have known it was out, but now you know. Angela Davis. Graphic novel. Uh, just. Yeah. The ways, the ways, the ways of creativity is just flowing out of black people and black life. And I'm here for it. I'm just, I'm here for it. Esau Macaulay in nonfiction. How far to the promised land? One black family story of hope and survival in the American South. We are currently reading his theological work called Reading While Black. We read that on Thursdays. And I guess when I get done with that, I'm hopping right on over here to How Far to the Promised Land. This, these are works that are new, out, hot off the press. Last one. I saw this online and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then I saw it in person and I said, oh, yeah, this is going home with me. <laughs> um, let me just make a confession. The way some women love shoes, I love books. So that should, yeah. Books are my red bottoms. Just, that's what it is. Okay. Historically black phrases. <laughs> Oh, am I going to have so much fun reading this? Historically black phrases from I ain't one of your little friends <laughs> to who all going to be there? Pick it up, people. Pick it up. It is fresh off the press. <laughs> to Boo Boo the Fool. That's who the book is dedicated to. If you know, you know. I love the fact that the content is set up to really kind of section off. Chapter one, gossip and storytelling, cautions and warnings, consequences and repercussions, inspiring and affirming, the church, units of measure, queer and trans, love, sex and relations, and the kitchen sink. Again, English, English majors, teachers, educators, linguists, historically black phrases should be added to your library. All right. So now you've got a place 
You got a place to put it. Somebody says, I don't know what that means. What does I ain't one of your little friends means? You have a directory now. <laughs> All right. So that is what is new out here today. I am also currently live right now also on IG because again, Facebook has been acting shady. <laughs> so I don't know if they are going to let this broadcast stay up. I don't know if it's going to cut off. I don't know what it's going to do. So um, this conversation is also happening on IG at the same time on my page during dialogues there. So if we happen to cut off, you can just scooch, 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 scooch right on over there. Today, we are looking at Gullah Geechee language. We started by talking about the pronoun E. E over there. My daddy, he gone home. I don't even like him. All of that. So we're continuing with the grammatical piece. And good morning to those of you who are coming in. We have talked about Gullah Geechee food ways. We have talked about Gullah Geechee religious ways, which does tie into hoodoo, which we're going to be covering in more detail in October. So um, be on the lookout for that. I Earlier, if you're just coming in, I showed you some of the books that we are going to be referencing when we go into talking about hoodoo. And now we are going to talk more on the Gullah Geechee language. All right. If you did not know the connection between Gullah Geechee language and Africa... Some of the same pronoun usage in Gullah Geechee language is also found in the West African languages such as Igbo and Yoruba. So when you ask a Gullah Geechee native for directions to your hotel, for example, do not be surprised if they respond, e down the road that way, or it's down the road that way. You asked about the hotel, so the hotel is now e. It is now the universal pronoun. Substituted forms. In the Gullah Geechee language, there are several grammatical forms that can be deleted or substituted for another form in a sentence. While contemporary linguistic work talks about these forms as being absent, I like to consider these forms as substituted. Categorizing these grammar forms as being absent implies a negative connotation. When we think of someone or something as being absent, it makes us believe that it should be there, but it is not. For, the, for example, when I take role in my course and someone is not there, that, they, that should be, they are considered absent. Since we know that Gullah Geechee is a Creole language, it is important that we change our thoughts regarding the grammatical structure of the language of, from that of nonconformity to standard English rules to Gullah speakers applying and using the grammatical rules of Gullah Geechee Creole language. In other words, we do not need to use all of the proper English words to say what we mean. Black people have been doing this forever, by the way. Hence, historically black phrases. 
Mm -hmm. The grammatical forms that are required in English are not required in Gullah Geechee. We can use fewer words and still communicate what we mean. It's how we talk. It's how we speak. It's how we flow. And sometimes people have a problem with that. But we know what we mean. We know exactly what we mean when we're talking to each other. In the following examples, I refer to these forms as substituted because they can be interchanged for the standard form when a Gullah Geechee speaker chooses to code switch to mainstream English. With that in mind, let's take a look at some of the most common substituted forms in the Gullah Geechee language. Examples. The pronoun it can be substituted with e or um. Gullah Geechee would say she kick em hard. English would say she kicked it hard. Gullah Geechee would say e been hard. But the English would say it was hard. Possessive pronouns for his, her, and its. These are substituted with E or used in conjunction with the word she, depending on the context. For example, E burny lip. The English glossary would say it hurt its lip or he burned his lip or she burned her lip. She can buy she own. That would be substituted with she can buy her own. Now, this is one of my favorites, I must admit. The possessive word form. In English, possession and ownership is indicated by apostrophe S, being added to a noun. In Gullah Geechee language, ownership is implied by the context and not by the addition of the apostrophe S. For example, anybody ever heard of dis and dat? That's my mama car. That's my mama car. Anybody ever heard that expression? That's my mama car. That's my bike. That's my girl. That's my guy. Yeah. That's Gullah Geechee language. So if you've been using that, you're already speaking Gullah Geechee. <laughs> That's my mama car. Mainstream English would say, that's my mother's car. And guess what? If you come and correct me and say, it's not that's, it's that's my mother's car. I'm going to side eye you because I know that's what it is. <laughs> I know that's what it is. But I'm speaking Gullah. So leave me alone. That's another one. <laughs> leave me alone. Act like you don't know what that means. <laughs> Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Gone somewhere. Act like you don't know. Just act like you don't know around me. I'm going to side eye you. I am. Yes, I am. Tense and agreement. The Gullah Geechee language does not have a formal indication of tense. This pattern is common in West African languages like you. Yoruba and Mandinka. What this means is that in mainstream English, tense is marked using ED. Walked. Now we know some of our cousins is going to say she walked dead. Mm -hmm. The S for balls. The ing 
for walking and am. While in Gullah Geechee, these forms do not have to be used. Tense is often indicated by the context of the conversation or is indicated by the use of a word like yesterday, the past, or today, present, or tomorrow, future. The following example shows how Gullah Geechee speakers use tense markers in reference to calling someone. Okay, here we go. Gullah Geechee. I call him. Mainstream English. I call him. I call her. I call them. She to call him. She calls him, her, or them. I calling him. I to call him. I am calling him, her, or them. I call him yesterday. I called him, her, or them. That's standard English. We're not doing standard English. We're going to say, I called him yesterday. Mm -hmm. Or here's the other one. I've been called him. Say it all the time. Did you did you call so-and-so yet? I've been called him. That's Gullah Geechee language. I've been a call him. In other words, I have been calling them I done call them my grandmother used to say that all the time I done call them or here's the other one when we get tired of people and we get tired of telling them stuff over and over and over again I done told them <laughs> let me add the other one I done told them 50 11 times or 50 11 times to calm down I done told them I done told them, I done called them. We've taken off the ED. I've been done call them. Another tense. I had called them some time ago. Some scholars believe that the Gullah Geechee language never acquired ED as a marker of past tense. And we ain't got to acquire it. <laughs> we understand mainstream English or the Queen's English, which is actually a little bit different than man mainstream English. But over in Gullah Geechee language, we drop in all of that. <laughs> Point blank period. Mm-hmm. Even irregular past tense is not marked in the language, which makes for an interesting conversation with unfamiliar listeners. As with many other languages, assimilation to modern mainstream language practices has heavily influenced the increasingly frequent inclusion of regular and irregular past tense in the Gullah Geechee language. See, Constance, you laughing because you know it's true. You know it's true. When you get tired of people, you be like, I done told you 50, 11 times. I, I really have. Cut, cut it out. Get gone. Get it together. All of that. Gullah Geechee, regular past tense. E-jump, clean cross the gate. Now, who on this broadcast didn't understand what I just said? <laughs> I'm sure you all did. E-jump, clean cross the gate. Here's another one. He fall off a ladder last week. 
And my favorite, I ain't even know. I ain't even know. All right. Chapter four, Geechee down to the socks. The writer says, high school was a fun time. I remember when the song, Y'all Boy Look Y'all came out and it was, and in my opinion remains, the Geechee anthem. We were proud to finally have a song that captured the essence of who we were. Also popular during that time was the phrase, I Geechee down to the socks. This one is a favorite of mine because it finally gave us a phrase that demonstrated pride in our culture and who we were. Out of these songs, young millennial Gullah Geechee voices began to emerge. This marked the beginning of a generation proud to be called Geechee. This generation would not allow the negativity that was once associated with the term Gullah Geechee define who they were. They were Geechee and proud. So in that spirit presented below are some Gullah Geechee words and phrases. One caveat is that although the Bible's New Testament has been translated into Gullah Geechee, the language remains an oral language with no standard written variety. And I'm going to be picking me up a Gullah Geechee Bible because I sure wants to read it. <laughs> Therefore, when the language is written, speakers interpret the words based on how they hear or desire to spell them. I try to stick with some of the spelling conventions that are common in certain publications, but I write the words how I hear them and use them in personal conversation. Good morning to those of you coming in. This feels more authentic to me and I hope will capture the essence of how language changes and ex is expressed by different speakers. This is not an exhaustive list, but some of the most common phrases and in some instances, not so common that I heard growing up that you might hear by locals in conversation, or if you grew up in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, down the coast of Florida, from Jacksonville all the way down to the South, South Florida or Georgia, you have probably heard some of these expressions. And maybe you just thought it was Ebonics or African-American vernacular English, when in fact it's actually Gullah Geechee. Come ya, come ya, a person who is not originally from the Gullah Geechee corridor, but migrated to and made a home in the region. So if you're not from there, they will call you a come ya. If you're from there, they're going to call you a been ya or I've been here. So a been ya is a Gullah Geechee native. Bukra is a white person. Sorry, white folks. But you're called Bukra. Uh, moving, moving right along. Um, churn, churn or chillin. If you've used those terms or if you've heard people say those words, that's Gullah Geechee. You, you got all these churn in here, or where them churn come from. You sure got a lot of chillin. All of that is Gullah Geechee. You're welcome. Tita or Tita is sister. Bubba is brother. Gal is girl. Dem, dis, dat, all means them. And some of us say this, that, and the other. <laughs> Hunter, somebody says Hunter child, Hunter child, or Hunter, they're referring to you. 
How Hanafadu? How are you doing? Okay. She says, I'll always remember my mother getting upset when we would say, them churn been a act up, daddy. She would tell us that you churn butter and those were children. We would laugh and continue to use the word churn, just not around her. Tita was my grandmother's nickname and Bubba was my uncle's nickname, or so I thought. It wasn't until I began studying the Gullah Geechee language that I learned that both the words Tita and Bubba had origins in West African languages. You may remember Benya Benya Pollywog from the show Gullah Gullah Island. His name was not an accident as it described the fact that he was native and had lived on Gullah Gullah Island for a long time. So is the same for the Gullah Geechee people. We identify as Benya because we are natives. We speak the language and live the culture and it distinguishes us from those who are new to the corridor, the ones who just come ya. All right, this is her next table. Animals, food, and other common things. Some of these I've heard before, some of these I have not. Um, fish is fush. We gotta put some fush with some crabs. Fush and crabs, okay? Cutta, C-U-D-D-A, cutta is turtle. Nab is crackers. Now the next few, I would constantly get in trouble for mispronouncing these words. When in fact it's a Gullah pronunciation. So leave people alone, okay? Here they are. Scrimp, screet, scrawberry. I know that's I know that's grating on somebody right now. <laughs> you want to shout? You want to shout and say it's shrimp, it's street, it's strawberry. No, it's scrimp, screet, and strawberry. Now leave the Gullah Geechee people alone. <laughs> it's not sweet potatoes. It's yams. If you from the South, we don't really say sweet potato. We say yams. Give me some yams. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tomatoes are matas. Matas. Vegetables are vegetables. Now, I've heard that. I just didn't know it was Gullah Geechee. Vegetables. Usually the older people in my community would say it that way. Hand me some of those vegetables. Um, your butt. I used to say this all the time. I didn't realize it was a Gullah Geechee word. Bunky. <laughs> I'm sorry, sexy laugh. Bunky. Mm -hmm. Yep. So-and-so has a big old bunky. Yep. Got a new word added to your vocabulary today. I know. I know. Don't wear it out, though. Don't wear it out. Zinc for sink. <laughs> Please say vegetables again. Um, Wegetable. Wegetable. Sink is zinc in Gullah Geechee. And I, this is another word I did not know was Gullah Geechee, but all of the older people I know would, would call a refrigerator Frigidaire. Anybody else have elders that say 
close my fridge there. <laughs> You're letting all the cold air out of the fridge there. It's a Gullah Geechee word. Shocking. When I read Tortoise and the Hare in kindergarten, my little brain could not reconcile the names that they were calling these animals to the names that I call them at home. When my aunt set a plate home for dinner, it was rabbit. And when my grandmother made a stew, it was cut a stew, not tortoise or turtle stew. I figured it out eventually, but man, was that confusing. In the Gullah Geechee language, we substitute the short I, i.e. I sound for the uh sound in several words. One of the most recognizable and most commonly used words is fush. So when the native waiter takes your order in a restaurant and they ask you if you want fresh fush of the day, you'll know that it is the freshest fish you've ever eaten, likely caught by some Gullah Geechee fisherman or fisherman. I'd hear my granny use the word vegetable, zinc, and frigidaire very often. I'm not sure that these words were used frequently in public, but in Gullah Geechee homes and community, they are still used by the elders. They absolutely are. Bunky was a forbidden word in my house, but that did not mean that we wouldn't use it. This is easily one of the most common Gullah Geechee words that is used by past and present generations of speakers. To have a large bunky in the African-American community is a good thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, this book is making me making me laugh. <clears throat> so do not be surprised if you hear this word while out and about in low country. Oh, and if you think that the person is talking about you, do not be offended as it's probably a compliment. I heard some of those words when I was a child because I was a cumya. But please forgive my spelling. Not a problem. So instead of veg, it's wedge. Got it. Yes, vegetables. Mm-hmm. All right, here's another set of words, and I'm going to start stop here because I can't stop. I'm trying to not be laughing at some of these words. All right, <clears throat> now this one, again, has reached mainstream culture, but this is a Gullah Geechee word, bussin. Bussin. I grew up using that word. Man, that thing is bussin. Them crabs be bussin. B-U-S-S-I-N, bussin'. It means really good. When something's bussin', it's really good. Scrapes, as we already discussed. Screets. Fa instead of for. So when people say for show, that's Gullah Geechee. Um, stink is rink. E-rink. E-rink. Boonky. <laughs> He or she is a has a funky behind. Erink bunky. Mm-hmm. Cured. Cured is like wow. So cured, the boy tall. Or wow or gosh, the boy is tall. In it means right. You gotta go in it, or you're going to go right. In it. Isn't it good? Isn't it good? That's Gullah Geechee. Mm -hmm. Fresh. Now, I didn't know this was a Gullah Geechee phrase. He or she so fresh. 
That means they promiscuous. Yeah, I grew up with that one. <laughs> Just fresh, promiscuous, all out in the streets, for the streets, as they would say today. Um, the number three is said Shri, S-H, Shri. To hear means Yeti. You Yeti what I say? You Yeti what I say? Did you hear what I said? Yeti? Mine, meaning to babysit, typically children. I mind churn. I mind churn. Or I babysit children. Yeah, I just thought some of them were Southern phrases too, but this it's Gullah Geechee. Which what that tells me is there are more Gullah Geechee spread out than even is in the corridor, which I've been discussing with a couple of Gullah Geechee scholars. Um, this is another one that I just thought is slang in my community. It's Gullah Geechee directly. <laughs> D-A-R-E-C-K-L-E-Y, directly. In a moment or soon. You ever heard your elders say, I be with you directly? I be there directly. I'm going to be there soon. All right. We're going to stop there for today. I want to do one more thing. And I want to read us a black pearl today. Black pearls. Daily Meditations, Affirmations, and Inspirations for African Americans. Let's see what our Black Pearl is for today. Today is the... Today is the... What's today's date? 24th? 25th? 26th? Don't ask us neurodivergent people what today is. Somebody tell me what's the date. <laughs> we don't keep track of days. We can, we keep track of day and night. That's it. We have to I have to physically look at a calendar to see what the date is. This is the 26th. And don't laugh at me either. This is a problem with neurodivergent people all over the world. Executive function. Ah, perfect. Perfect. Today's topic is flexibility and purpose. And the quote is from Malcolm X. By any means necessary. Now we know that's probably the end of a quote. I think he said more than just by any means necessary, but they're just using that part. By any means necessary means just that. It means being by turns inventive, obstinate, bold, reclusive, wily, if the situation calls for it. By any means necessary means you don't always have to try to be polite. We should pursue our endeavors, whether for true freedom and political empowerment, a promotion at work, or better schooling for our children with a mixture of passion, perseverance, and intelligence, which are summed up by the phrase, by any means necessary. On this day, Think about the most difficult part of accomplishing one of your goals and then think about what's the possible solution. Seriously consider your solution, no matter how strange or impractical it might seem.
What do y'all think about that? Are you flexible today? Are you going to try some Gullah Geechee language in your everyday life, in your everyday vernacular, in your everyday speech? Are you going to try some out on your neighbors and your friends and see if they get it? <laughs> they might be like, what in the world? What are you talking about? I want to hop into this book. I want to give us a historically black phrase to today. It says, historically black phrases is our love letter to our people. I love that. We see you and we see each other. So let's look at one of the historically black phrases. Oh, this is, hey, I, we just talked about one of these. This, that, and the third. Who uses that on a regular basis? We don't say this, that, and the other. We say this, that, and the third. Translation, unnecessary information. <laughs> Describes largely irrelevant information often used in the course of telling a story when the speaker needs or wants to expedite the narrative. A verbal montage. For example, she was telling me all of these reasons why she couldn't come up to the party. She had to work. She was tired. This, that, and the third. Frank told Jasmine about Moria's absence. Now I use this one all the time. And I'm going to stop here. Because you all just need to go get the book. Go get the book. Go get the book. Quiet as it's kept. <laughs> Ooh, I love that phrase. Quiet as it's kept. You can use that for just about anything. Translation. This may typically go unspoken. But... Quiet as it's kept. What's your quiet as it's kept? What's something that goes unspoken but everybody knows is true? Quiet as it's kept. Usage. This is a precursor to tea spilling. <laughs> Usually this tea is something that's not typically conversed about in mixed company or quarters in which it's about to be said. Lean in and this could be fun. Example, sitting next to Mother Johnson in church was often a challenge for little Sadie, but it had its perks. Some Sundays during the sermon, Mother Johnson would lean over and whisper, quiet as it's kept, and say one scandalous thing or another about the leader. <laughs> really, Mother Johnson? <laughs> All right. I hope you have enjoyed today. Today is Teachable Tuesday and hopefully you have picked up some new phraseology, new phrases from the Gullah Geechee culture and language. Although um, <clears throat> you sparingly and respectfully because <laughs> the Gullah Geechee people will come get you. <laughs> This has been good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Remember, in October, we're going to be tackling who do. I grew up with so much who do. I'm going to have fun talking about some of the things that I grew up with and learned. But we're also going to be taking a look at some books. These are the books that we showed at the beginning. The Healing Power of African-American Spirituality. 
We're going to be looking at uh, North Amo the North American Folk Magic book that has a whole section on hoodoo. I just heard about something recently and I was like, I have never, ever, ever heard of this before. But the moment I started reading up on it, all of a sudden, y'all know with algorithms, the, um, the videos and stuff start showing up and the information start popping up. But I don't want to get into that anyway. It's about, it's out of um, Appalachia. It's something that's known in, uh, with the Appalachia, the people of Appalachia. I was like, listen, y'all can keep that folk tale. I don't want it. <laughs> listen, I read that and I was like, oh no, y'all can keep that one. Mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, nope, not trying to hear it. <laughs> I don't need none of that in my beliefs. <laughs> I don't need none of that manifesting over here. I'll tell you about it when we talk about hoodoo, though. But I was like, mm -mm, y'all can keep that folk tale. That sounds like a nightmare. No, thank you. <laughs> and the last book, I feel like everybody in the in the African American community needs to needs to pick this up. It's called Working the Roots. And please understand the term root worker is talking about herbs and plants. Okay? That's it. Herbs and plants. Working the roots. Over 400 years of traditional African American healing. Medicinal practices. These practices were known. And then capitalism occurred. Pharmaceuticals occurred. And now all the things that we were doing to heal ourselves because nobody would let us into a hospital, much less into the profession of, of medicine, just hijack, just hijack stuff. And now it's a whole industry where they're making billions of dollars, but your ancestors was doing it first. All right. I'm going to stop talking about that. We'll, we'll cover that in October. All right. This has been another episode of Daring Dialogues, and I've been your host today, Shantae Charles. If you would like to come on and join me in some conversation, I've got about a good, oh, 10, 15 minutes here, and we can bring you on. If you have a green camera, that means that we can bring you on to share. If you are listening to me by Spotify or Google Play, today I want to thank you for your time and attention. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness. So remember to be light.